Welcome to the 209th episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, the weekly quiz cast where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great, great. pub trivia, as well as quizzing each other and our guests on our favorite questions of the week. I'm one half of your hosting team, Quizmaster Lee, and as usual, I'm joined by fellow master of the quiz, Mark Davis. Hello. How are you, Lee? Doing all right. How are you doing? I am also doing pretty well. Thank you for asking. I got to say, the best thing that happened this week was had to be our live show last Saturday. What a what a fantastic time. What it, it was it's a just little a rough going into it, yeah. but then once we started... Everything went pretty smoothly. Well, you and I have, um, you know, we're no strangers to live events. I've been playing in bands since I was, you know, 16 years old, 15 years old. And, um, you know, I know you've done, you know, a bunch of live events, both with, you know, music and uh, also with trivia. And I'll tell you, you know, if there's one thing that you can always expect is that there's going to be some kind of fuck up. Uh, yep. At some point. So, you know, we, we got there and we did about two hours worth of prep, two and a half hours worth of prep. Huge thank you to Sean from Ollie's. Yes. Uh, not and, just for and hosting Cody. us. Cody, Cody for showing us the rundown on the uh, recording software that they have over there. Yeah. Let us uh, record our audio in pristine format. I thought the episode came out sounding great better Beautiful. than I expected even better than I've heard some professional live podcast sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got there, we did about two, two and a half hours worth of legwork, ran back to our respective homes, you know, uh, I took a little 30 minute nap or so, and then came back and, uh, did a couple more, a little bit more fine tuning and it was off to the races and, um, full house. I mean, just way, you know, when you do stuff like this, you always go, I just hope there's not like five people there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there wasn't there was uh, as evidenced by the you know the raucous applause at the beginning of the episode um yeah. just so many wonderful people and just such a fantastic time great turnout uh thank you to everybody that came thank you to dallas and eric john lewis john lane the frogman bones himself and jamie and seth of course as well as Kristen fletcher mm-hmm. just a great group of guests that we had for our first live episode amazing we couldn't we couldn't have asked for a better uh for a better dais of -hmm. guests to pull from and i think everything just went smoothly as smoothly as could be after we got started um but yeah i mean uh and thank you for uh helping put everything together and it was uh it was a it was a very good time a memorable evening and you as well my friend Now, we had that at Ollie's where we have uh, trivia every Thursday night. So why don't we go over our weekly wrap-up trivia? Mm, Beautiful segue. Thank you. Okay, thanks to everyone who joined us for quiz number 429 on Wednesday at Point Ebel Brewing Company in Fort Myers. Our quiz began with Shiba Inu Illuminati coming out on top in round one, taking the lead by answering every question of the round correctly. I wouldn't necessarily call it a totally perfect round because they doubled a four-pointer instead of a five-pointer, so they didn't get the maximum amount of uh, points that you could get. But... Even to just answer every question correctly, very impressive. Congratulations That's to Shiba. That's insane. Sheep. 
Shiba Inu Illuminati on that. They did falter a bit in the second round, losing steam to two teams that tied for the top point collector in round two. Wicked bad bitch and hombres and Mally rules with the latter beating the former by a single point on a 2000s pop hit audio round. That is a tough pill to swallow for Wicked, but congrats to Mally Rules on that. Mally being their team mascot, a uh, uh, Basset Hound. A very uh. old-looking Basset Hound. But you know Basset Hounds, they're tricky. They look older than they actually are. They got all the saggy wrinkles and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how old this this old gal was. Shiba Inu Illuminati returned to form in round three. Ending the quiz in our number one position with 117 points. Mally rules in second with 111 points. And the stepdads in third with 108 points. I should also mention Team Yikes getting into that triple digit score territory coming in fourth as well. It's awesome when you can see a few teams break that triple digit. Yeah. Very proud of them. Mark, how did your teams do at trivia this week? Let me uh, <clears throat> let me start by asking you a question here. Now, you like me allow your team names your teams to name their team whatever they want, correct? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. What? At what point do you say no? You can't. You can't do that. Ah, it's interesting that you asked this because I just had this uh, situation come up a few weeks ago. Mm. I didn't bring it up on the podcast. It's kind of a tense situation actually because uh we had one team that uh decided to name their team after another team you know kind of like poking fun at them a little bit right all in good fun we've actually done this at this venue before teams have like named themselves after other teams or there might be teams that uh you remember from the peanut the dog days their whole team was centered around uh, attacking other teams with their team name indeed and i got a team that changed their name as a response in round two. And it was just something so crass that I was not going to read it on the microphone. It was too crass. It was, it was, uh, painting other people in the room in a sexual light in a negative sexual light. And that's, that's beyond the pale for me. That's, that's too far over the line, over the line. Of course. So I read their original team name. And uh, one person on the team did not like that. They started yelling, pussy, pussy. Great. Now, I ain't no Marty McFly. Okay, you're not going to get me with that little trick. Can't Mm -hmm. call me a chicken and like goad me into doing whatever you want. I'm smarter than that. Okay. so I didn't I did not read the the team name and kind of gave that guy a side eye and uh, actually haven't seen him back to trivia since then. The next week. The rest of his team did attend, and they were like, sorry about his behavior last week. We left him at home this week. Um, so, you know, at what point I'd, I would say when it becomes personal and not in like a joking way, you know, or uh, if it's like, you know, prank level joke, that's fine. But if it's something that could uh, cause somebody's feelings to get hurt or make people feel icky. I try not to go there, you know, unless it's deserved, like uh, somebody's grave being peed on. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I was in a little bit of a strange position. Um, I feel like it, your story is worse than mine, just based on your lack of response <laughs> to that story. Well, you, you were like thinking like, that's nothing. <clears throat> you weren't even willing to say what it was, I guess, on the podcast, correct? That the team name was changed to. 
there's just no need there's there's no yeah i mean it's almost like a uh you know a thing against this person like i will now just refuse to read it based on principle because of how they acted i'm not going to give them the satisfaction of that but also i i don't think our listeners need to hear stuff like that fair enough uh, i don't need to make anybody feel weird i didn't even tell the team that was attacked that this happened well Feel free to do with this as you will. I did have um, a couple times. I did have people um, use the f word, the 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 homosexual uh, epithet, um, where there was a gay member on the team, um, mm. where I would not say the word on the microphone, and then I, this has happened two or three times where they've told me in the second round, "We're giving you a pass. You can say this." And I would get on the mic and I would say, <clears throat> I, I appreciate that you feel that, you know, I have like a past to say this word and that you feel comfortable with me being able to say it. I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. I'm not going to say this word. I'm just not going to do it. I, I, I get where you're coming from and, and I, and I understand, but I just don't feel comfortable with doing it. Um, other than that, I've never really had a team name that I've been like cringy about not saying, and I've said a lot of words on this podcast in that Mm -hmm. the winner of the first and second round this week was R Kelly didn't rape us. Um, and weird. Yeah. Now this was, I think a team of two women and two men. So this wasn't like a, uh, you know, just a bunch of dude bros who were just kind of like shitting on, you know, let's be edgy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they I were like, I was going to say, I think they were being edgy, but yeah. you would think that like women in this world would understand enough that like, that is a pretty triggering thing. Um, uh, so I, I was kind of like, I don't know, like if I say this or I don't. So I kind of like let in with it with like, I don't like this team name at all, but it was especially hard to dodge because they were the winning team. Mm. Um, so I said it <clears throat> and kind of like a hush kind of fell over the crowd a little bit. And, uh, when I announced that they won, I just said the R Kelly team. Um, so I went around, you know, to the, to the, get the answer sheets for the second round and they had, you know, they had given me their sheet and they said, well, you know, we're, we're sorry about, uh, we're sorry about the team name being offensive. And I said, well, you know, luckily I haven't been a victim of sexual assault, but for anybody that has been, it's probably a pretty terrible name. And they all just kind of gave this face like, fuck, like, oops. Jeez. Um, so I pretty uh, shallow depths of their mind there to not realize that out of the gate, but good on yeah. you for uh, pointing that out. I think it's kind of just like a thoughtlessness thing. Like, Oh, it's going to be funny. And I did have teams when I was picking up the second rounds going, who the fuck was that? And I even had some people saying like, I'm going to go over there and like say something to them. And I was like, just, mm-hmm. you know, they seem, they seem up, you know, they seem bummed or whatever. So, you know, I said someone from the R. Kelly team can come up and grab their first and second round prizes. And uh, they uh, they left. They didn't get their prizes or anything. They just took off. They were just ashamed. So they won the first and second round. The R. Kelly team, as they will be forever known in my mind, uh, won the first and second round with 23 and 39 points. Uh, Faye wasn't here to name us uh, winning the last round with 41 points. She could have gotten that first team to name them. They would have come up with something. 
seriously it wouldn't have been good but they would have come up with something indeed um and then thursday i had my first disney trivia at uh at big storm uh it was a decent turn it was very rainy i actually called them and told them i might be late it is raining so damn hard um and i think we had about eight or nine teams turn out um it was a lot of fun there are definitely some people who will flock somewhere because disney's on the table um we didn't do our paperwork when the first round uh turning red over these questions when the second round that was seth and his family basically the shy tunas coming out and playing uh and then uh seth and his family winning the third round with 24 points but we didn't do our paperwork winning overall with 68 points so uh fun first time out uh did things a little bit differently i um i did a winner for the first second and third rounds a la lee with a overall for all three um because they gave me three ten dollar gift cards and a 25 so kind of on the fly i remade up my excel spreadsheet i put my excel um uh knowledge to the test and kind of refashioned some stuff and uh, also had the teams bring their answer sheets up to me lee i'll tell you I see why you do it. I see why you do it. It's it's people such, hanging on to the answer sheet. Well, I I like having the interpersonal interaction, going to the tables and getting the answer sheets. Oh, it's one yeah. of the big reasons I do it. It, get, it mm-hmm. kind of gives you a chance to kind of do a touch, as opposed to people coming up and bringing the answer sheet and then they're just gone. You don't get to see the rest of the table. Mm-hmm. I like being able to kind of do. Maybe it's the manager and me kind of getting to do the table touches, get their answer sheet. How you guys do and da 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 da. Get a chance to kind of shoot the shit with everybody real quick. I, I think that's really important, actually. I mean, I used to do bring it up because out of laziness, basically, like I don't want to walk around this room and spend five minutes when I could be grading scores and like moving ahead in the quiz. So just bring them up to me. But as you just mentioned, having that interpersonal touch with the teams, I think is uh, really important. Helps them come back, helps them enjoy their night, get a little joke in there sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But uh, I, yeah, I played the power role this time. I had them bring it up to me and I'll tell you, um, wow, you get so much more done. (laughs) It's like everything was flying through so much quicker. I can score stuff while other people are bringing the answer sheets up to me. Yeah. Um, you know, you just, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very nice. I also made up these answer sheets for my oh, Disney trivia. How do you like that? I, I based them off of the answer sheets that you made for me uh, so long ago. I downloaded a Disney, um, Disney uh, font and I quickly put together some Disney and everyone was like, Ooh, look at that. Everybody. Was, I think it uh, looks really good. I think thanks. the Disney font looks kind of terrible, all caps, but yeah, at least it's legible. You can definitely read. It says round one, round two, round three. That's just a little designer nitpick though. That's not like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a problem really for your answer sheets, but good job. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a, it was a good time. Hopefully we'll be back at big storm here at some point and uh, see where we go from here. But uh, yeah, fun times. All right, if you missed it and you want to join us for trivia this week, you can do so. Wednesdays, we're live at Point Ebell Brewing Company in Fort Myers, Florida for <laughs> no-nonsense trivia challenge based on your category requests. Please join us for your opportunity to win some free beer and bonus prizes. Suggest categories for next week's quiz and enjoy tasty, tasty food by Yabo Mobile. That's at Pointy Bell on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Thursdays, we're usually at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral. 
Except this week, because I have someone who purports to be my friend of over 20 years setting up Disney trivia right across the street. <laughs> so we had to cancel due to a low turnout this week. But I, did, that's I didn't usually... have anyone from your team, I, team from your trivia, I promise. Well, maybe they would have come check out some general knowledge. You never know if there wasn't Disney trivia being offered right across the street. But we're at Ollie's on Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. We hope you can join us then for opportunities to win Ollie's gift cards, which can be spent on records, beer, T-shirts, comic books, and more. That's at Thursdays on Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral at 7.30 p.m. And of course, every week in Cape Coral, you can play Mark's Trivia on Wednesdays at Nice Guys Pizza or on Zoom starting at 8 p.m. As well as Thursday, June 30th. Oh, no, that already happened. <laughs> I forgot to take that out of the script. That was the Disney quiz. Uh, what else do we got going on here? July 16th. There it is. Quiz Guardium Triviosa at Point E. Bell Brewing Company. Our Potterverse pub quiz, our first in three years. We're going to be covering the books, the movies, and everything else in the Potterverse on Saturday, July 16th at 6 p.m., a little bit earlier than a start than usual. Quizgardium Triviosa at Point E. Bell Brewing Company. Please come arrived in your Hogwarts best because we will be having a costume contest as well. And please don't forget to follow No Nonsense Trivia on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. And join us on our Discord server to stay updated on all of our podcasts, streams, and events. Join us. Won't you? And now it's time for a little bit of no-nonsense trivia podcast news. Got some news here. Not only no-nonsense trivia podcast news, but news of our sister podcast, hosted by Mark and Seth, Lyrics to Go. Mm -hmm. We are going to be switching publish dates for our podcast episodes. It's true. Meaning on Mondays, you'll be able to listen to songs that... uh, have lyrics that are questionable at best and have l- largely dodged public ridicule until now mm-hmm. on lyrics to go with Mark and Seth. That's going to be dropping on Mondays and no nonsense trivia podcast will be dropping on Fridays starting in the month of August this year, 2022. So we've done Mondays on no, no for four years now, and now it's time for you to start your week with lyrics to go. Now we do have something special for our patreon supporters mark do you want to deliver the news on that yeah so all patreon supporters will be able to get their no nonsense trivia podcast on wednesday so if now is a good time for you if you are not signed up already to take advantage of that annual subscription um or just go ahead and do the month to month that's any level if you support us on patreon you'll be able to get your no nonsense trivia podcast Two days before, of course, we asked for no spoilers as far as the trivia is concerned, etc. We are doing this in good faith. Um, we do have a Patreon channel on our Discord. You can go and talk about the, the, the show there. That would be go a great nuts. place to do that because, uh, you know, you'll be the only ones that are that have access to that channel. And on Friday, I suppose, or Saturday, if you want to engage with the uh, the freebos, as we'll call them, <laughs> you can do that in the uh, regular podcast channel. But pretty exciting news. Podcast listeners going to be available. The, the No Nonsense Trivia podcast will be available 
to our Patreon supporters two days early on Wednesday with the free episode dropping on Friday. So there you go. We're uh, we're excited about this change. It's gonna it's gonna make uh, I think our episode quality go up even a little bit more. Lee's gonna have a little bit more time to uh, piece this stuff together for you guys. Uh, he works his ass off behind the scenes editing sometimes these two and a half three hour monsters that we put together. Uh, these bohemoths. So uh, we're very very excited about bringing you uh, some of that and of course some extra bonus content for the Patreon members as well so uh make sure you uh make sure you get in there and i think is it 15 10 percent off i think it might be 15 it's some percentage off if you get it annually and you'll be supporting the likes of lee and myself uh still working in the doldrums during the day uh mining all yes. the coal and doing all the hard work so uh something to consider we appreciate everybody of course that uh listens in general um and everyone who has supported us so far so thank you all indeed all right mark how about we take a little break and then we'll come back with our first round of trivia yeah Welcome back. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start off the first round here, Lee, with a little question about rapsters. Let's hear it. What rapper formerly went by the stage name Shrimp Daddy? What rapper formerly went by the name Shrimp Daddy? Mm-hmm. Huh. Now I'm realizing that there's no uh that there's no built-in hint here. So let me throw a little built-in hint for you. Oh, thank you. What rapper born in Louisiana formerly went by the stage name Shrimp Daddy? How perfect. I'll Being tell from you from Louisiana. I'll tell you the first thought that came to my mind was it's not going to be somebody from Louisiana because they call them prawns. <laughs> well, so you'd be prawn daddy. Guess what, motherfucker? Damn. <laughs> Jokes on you. Louisiana rapper. In rapper Louisiana, shrimp daddy raps you. Ludacris is from Georgia. A lot of rappers from Georgia. Petey Pablo, who I mentioned, uh, on the live episode last week from North Carolina, famously. You know who it might be? <sighs> I'm trying to. So, you know, there's Jermaine Dupree and the Hot Boys. Maybe it's Lil Wayne. Is he from Louisiana? Could it be mystical? Where's mystical from? <sighs> mystical i feel is known maybe amongst our generation a little bit more than currently and i'm thinking you're going for a big p here 
I think it might be Lil Wayne. I don't think it's Diddy. I don't think Puff Daddy went from Shrimp Daddy to Puff Daddy. I think if he was going to change his name, he might leave Daddy. He was like, uh, Shrimp. Mm, it's not doing it for me, but Puff. Now, Puff. He, he did change his names quite a bit, though. He's got more aliases than any member of the Wu-Tang Clan, probably. Probably. And they've got a lot of aliases. I'll go with Lil Wayne. Lee, you're goddamn right. Lil Whoa! Wayne is correct. What a great <laughs> what start a to the episode. All right. Out of all Woo! the rappers in the world, you guessed the right one. Shrimp Daddy. Yes. Love to see him on a track with Titty Boy. Oh, yeah. Two chains. Two chains. Mark, my first question. We are going to go back to the 1960s here with this question. It's about muscle cars. Muscle cars from the 1960s. Okay. What was the name of Plymouth's muscle car that debuted in 1968, which was based on the GTX and shares its name with a popular Looney Tunes character for which Plymouth paid a licensing fee of $50,000? What was the name of Plymouth's muscle car that debuted in 1968, which was based on the GTX and shares its name with a popular Looney Tunes character? For which Plymouth paid a licensing fee of $50,000. Looney Tunes. That's right. The Plymouth. All right. When I think of Looney Tunes, trying to think of all my shirts in the 1990s with the Looney Tunes wearing their shirts backwards. Mm -hmm. Great era of fashion. Oh, God. What a fucking disaster. Lightning in a bottle, really. <laughs> Never. I don't know that there has ever been a more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? A more. Um, appropriative. <laughs> culturally appropriative. That, that too. That too. I have a bunch of thoughts Out on that. Out there looking like shrimp daddy. Out there. Yeah. And doing their best to, to look like shrimp daddy. Uh, that could be a Looney Tunes character also. <laughs> It I could. can see Shrimp Daddy Absolutely. showing up on Looney Tunes. Absolutely. Uh, a more self-referential. It was people wearing their clothes backwards, and their clothes had characters <laughs> wearing clothes with their clothes on backwards. You know what I mean? Yes. It was the, the days of crisscross. Oh, my God. It was terrible. In the future, crisscross is king. <laughs> So Our you kings. think you think about uh, you think about those backwards wa- wa- backwards shirt wearing um, you know overall wearing so there was Bugs Bunny the Plymouth Bugs no the Plymouth Tweeties Tweety Bird also having a backwards hat on and a one ear pierced maybe <laughs> um, Plymouth. Are you going to the shirt because that's your main point to Looney Tunes? I'm kind of like right off. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, because I'll also tell you, I am bad kind of like where, you know, sometimes where one cartoon family starts and the other one stops. Um, so I want to make sure I'm not getting into like Disney territory or like someplace like that. You know, Nickelodeon, the Plymouth Phineas. Um, 
I will say the one Plymouth of- Putty Tat, <laughs> <laughs> the Plymouth Sylvester. Um, see, like even like Sylvester the cat. I don't think they're. I don't think I don't. I don't think Sylvester is a uh, is a Looney Tunes character. Wily Coyote, no. <sighs> However, their counterpart, the Plymouth Roadrunner. Now that's interesting because Roadrunners are things. Would they be able to like? Would they have to pay a licensing fee to the Roadrunner? Meet me. The other one I was thinking was like Tasmanian Devil, but there's definitely not like a Plymouth Tasmanian Devil. So I'm gonna, and I think Roadrunner sounds familiar. So I'm gonna say the Plymouth Roadrunner. That is correct. Oh, yes. Yes, and they did include the Meep Meep as part of that licensing deal. They could use that uh, to advertise the car. I love the way you said that. It, I can I can just picture like the Mad Men-esque office where, yeah. you know, a Don Draper-esque man goes, and in the advertising, the car will go Meep Meep. <laughs> it's very yeah, let's get another episode in, a special episode of Mad Men. You know, a Christmas Mad Men episode going back to 1968. The, the boys of Madison Avenue are hard at work on a new campaign for Plymouth. Meep, meep. <laughs> uh, let me uh, ask you. It touches you, a- you in your soul. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a sports question. Okay. In 1994, Michael Jordan signed a contract with what baseball team and was assigned to their minor league system? Hmm. Well, I, I think that would be his hometown team, actually, and I kind of remember this, so I'll be very surprised if the answer is not the Chicago White Sox. That is correct. Yeah. There a little built-in hint there. Well, I guess it's not built-in. You'd have to know who Michael Jordan plays for. Yeah, and he so doesn't necessarily have B. to play for Chicago. I yeah. mean, you know, he could have played for whoever, but that's one of those sports questions where you don't know, you know, if people are, you know... It's one of those things where I'm like, I think people will probably know this, but it, I was kind of surprised by pe- the amount of people that didn't. And oh. I know sports isn't necessarily your strong suit, so figured I would try my hand at it and see uh, how you did. That was probably the era that I was paying most attention because I would go to the book fair and all my friends would get like posters of like athletes doing stuff, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, Michael Jordan trying out the Deion Sanders technique. Maybe I can make it in multiple sports, but <laughs> did not no, work out no, so no. good. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And just a little note on the uh, my PIBS rating system. There there was a bit of pushback, I think, on my uh, rating of Ed Sakal's car question from the live episode that I gave uh-huh. him a B.5. He came on the Discord and said, it was a big B in my heart. Yeah. And I just want to point out that the difference between a big B and a little B is only a matter of difficulty, really. It is not saying that if you have a little B, that the question isn't good or isn't as good as one with a big B. We play it up a little bit, but it just means that if you have a little B, like in the case of Ed Sakal's question, you have to uh, you have to do a little mental mind work, just like I did with your question here. You know, with the uh, to know that Michael Jordan played for Chicago, that's like a little B. I, it's not, maybe it's not a little B. Maybe it's like a half B. But my point is, if you get a B at all, 
You should feel good about that. No B means it's too stripped down and maybe just too difficult to answer, probably. How would you, on the PIBS rating system, how would you rate a question that would say, uh, what are the three primary colors? I would give that a uh, lowercase p, just because it's such a basic question. I mean, art is you know popular, but that is maybe the first most elementary art question that you could possibly ask. And it gets a capital S because it's very short. So maybe just, just a lowercase s. Maybe it's not even that sweet. Kind of tastes a little bitter, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's a tiebreaker question in my mind. But even even so, you can't use it for that because it has uh, three answers. So you don't want to be fielding three answers from multiple people during a tiebreaker. Well, someone has but, to answer all three, I would say. If they get one of them wrong, then they're wrong. Yeah, but you don't want them like, I guess in a shout out situation, you know, first to respond or something. Uh, like I don't that. do that. Shout out shit. I know. I know. And you know what? I had a tie this week and I forgot my freaking buzzers that I bought at home. Oh, <laughs> so whole, my first opportunity to use them, but that was fine because I was able to go back to the bonus points and I found a uh, half a point difference between two of the teams. So I used that to my <laughs> justification. <laughs> anyway, my point being, you should feel good about a B and the PIB system. While it's good, it's not perfect. It could be developed out, and uh, maybe I will. I do like the idea of uh, Dallas's X factor coming into play. We don't usually talk about that, but that's a another aspect of a question. Like how how does it get the team talking and sussing? Is it an interesting sus for the team? Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you know the answer to a question outright and you're playing, then you're everybody's like searching. What are we going to talk about now until the next question comes? For at least like a second or two, nobody knows how to uh, to re-enter the normal conversation that's not trivia related. But if you give them a good sus, you know, you're working together, you're still playing the game. I think like if uh, players, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't be talking about other stuff, but if, if, they're, if they're having their own conversations going on mid-question, they're not really fully engaged in the quiz. Yeah, I want you to know also that uh, I, I, I did a uh, training this week where someone had a dibs uh system are you kidding me no no this was at your job yeah they called it it made me think of you yeah (laughs) hmm a d could we add a d i don't know d pibs yeah brewing my next question for you this is a question about brewing we do our uh, pub trivia obviously at a lot of places that sell beer so this is always a popular category request what term is used for the ceiling stopper that clogs the hole in the side of a cask or older style keg. Well, I believe that that hole is called the bung hole. Um, and so I think it would be called a bung. I'm going to say a bung. That's absolutely correct. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, 50% of our teams got that right. About half. The other half were delighted to find out the etymology of the term bung hole. <laughs> it's uh it's a wonderful thing to know it's uh do you think cornholio ever worked in a brewery is that where you picked that up <laughs> probably not but i am very excited to uh to watch the new beavis and butthead movie oh yeah i think it's out isn't it it is yeah i'm gonna be watching it soon i gotta i gotta set aside a little time for it um speaking on pibs i did i did invent a mnemonic Ooh! Uh, <laughs> you got a system a new system no 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 oh, okay. I, I invented a mnemonic because i was thinking of the uh the order 
of the um, astrology signs. So okay. I, I tried to invent. Oh. I tried to invent a mnemonic to be able to remember the uh, the order of the astrology signs. I would love to hear that because I could not place them in order. So what do you got? A tall new can leap very long, so sadly can't acquire patience. <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> it's a long one because there's 12 of them. A, a what? A tall new, like G-N-U, a, a tall, tall new, new can leap. Giraffe. Okay. Easier, yeah. All right. Because <laughs> I was like N or G. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay. Let me, and let me take that again. A tall giraffe can leap very long, so sadly can't acquire patience. Wow. It starts off uh, kind of in the realm of like animal biology, and then it gets a little philosophical at the end. It does. I like that. Now, there are a couple of a. What double is a? letters. I don't even... So Aquarius. acquire acquire is for Aquarius. Ooh, I like the I, AQ there. That's yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. ACQ for acquire, oh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, still it has the aqua. So that means A is Aries. TA is is Taurus. G is Gemini. C is uh well can and can't, I guess, are kind of confusing for cancer and uh and for um what is the other C? Cancer and Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Um, Capricorn, L is Libra, V, Virgo, L, Libra. There's so and sadly, sadly is Sagittarius, S-A, which mm. means S-O is the other one that's S. Scorpio. Scorpio. Um, Kant is, I believe, that's the, that's the other thing I got to kind of iron out. And then acquires Aquarius and Patience is... Whatever the P one is. Aquarius. 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 Nope. I just combined them. Yeah, that's the Pisces. only my only my only critique of this would be if you could pick the duplicate initials and make the words that are kind of more like what they yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, if any writers have any ideas, I, I literally wrote this while waiting for a dozen donuts uh, on Wednesday morning to bring to my office. One I, for each uh, sign. Mm, there you go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so if anybody has any ideas on, yeah. on ways to make that a little bit better, please feel free to uh, call in or write in on the Discord and what have you. Be a part of the conversation. Yeah, let's get some more mnemonics going. I could use that. I love a mnemonic. Mm-hmm. Here's a question for you. There's no built-in in hint here. This was an eight-pointer. The Munsell system is used to specify what? The Munsell system, M-U-N-S-E-L-L, is used to specify what? Hmm. This is one of those that if I put a built-in hint, I think I would have been making it like a four-pointer. But instead, I opted to, uh, you know, to make it a toughie. Yeah, um, I feel like you're probably looking for a specific answer here, like a very specific answer. But because there's a a lack of ending qualifier, it just kind of ends in like an open what? I'm going to answer somewhat generically some kind of attribute, um, which, again, I I have no idea. So I don't think I'm going to get this right anyway. But you might be looking for something more specific, but it could be size, location, 
uh, weight, height, color, the Munsell system, you said? M-U-N-S-E-L-L? That's correct. The Munsell system. Named after a person, clearly. Albert H. Munsell. Hmm. Is Albert Broccoli's middle initial H the uh, famed producer of the James Bond series for Eon? Albert, Bro- his name is definitely Albert Broccoli. I remember that. It's hard to forget a name like Broccoli. <laughs> yeah, seriously. When it's popping up on your TV screen over a period of 20 some odd movies. Albert Munsell. Albert H. Munsell. Mm-hmm. Took Jesus's middle name. <laughs> um, I'll go with color. You are fucking right. What? (laughs) This is my guessing game. The Munsell color system is a color space that specifies colors based on three properties of color, hue, chroma, and value. It was created by Professor Albert H. Munsell in the first decade of the 20th century and adopted by the U.S. Department of Agriculture as the official color system for soil research in the 1930s. Color system for soil research. That's interesting. I thought maybe it would be a uh, an art thing. Uh, well, I mean, it is. Uh, they adopted it as the official oh, okay. system for soil research. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it was, it was based on art, and then they said, hey, we could use this because our soils are different colors, and the different colors probably indicate different things as to, like, it's hydration or... Or whatnot. Yeah, he oh, was right. an American painter, teacher of art, and the inventor of the Munsell color system. Yes. Holy Let's shit, Lee. A perfect first <laughs> round. Did I get all three? I believe so. Wow. All right, yeah, because you went first, so this is your, your last one here. And your opportunity to get three out of three. <sighs> Don't fuck me here, you Lee. Got, you got the two. <laughs> this is some pressure. I will say, you got the last question where half of our teams got it right. This is another question where only half of our teams got it right. So about the same difficulty in the crowd. What small breed of dog, which first appeared in the U.S. in the 1930s, is partially named after the capital of Tibet? What small breed of dog, which first appeared in the U.S. in the 1930s, is partially named after the capital of Tibet? Partially named... After the capital of Tibet. Yes, and that's where the dog originates as well, or the breed, I should say. Small dog. That's right. First appearing in the U.S. in the 1930s. Well, it's not a chihuahua. Maybe you remember. Maybe you remember that dog showing up on the American shores. I wonder if it's two words or if it's one word, but but like it's just like a modified ending or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like Pekingese, but Pekin is like China, I think. Capital of Tibet. What is the capital of Tibet? Um, small dogs, Chihuahua, not that 
Oh, where are you, Elise? <laughs> um, now I want to double check that they got that right. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I'm going to say, fuck. Oh, I really want to get this right. Um, when I'm thinking of small dogs, Chihuahua is the only thing that comes to my mind. What are the other little yappy dogs? I'll just note Shiba Inu Illuminati did get this right, but they did not double it. Is this the one where they doubled the four point instead of the five point? No, oh. they just picked a different five pointer that they, I guess, were more sure about. <sighs> if I was a small dog, what would my name be? I would be a poodle. No. Ooh. 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 I don't know. Oh, what is it called? There's one that's, I think it's one word. Maybe it's two. What is it? Lhasa. Lhasa Obs. Lhasa Ipso. Lhasa Opso. Ipso. Lhasa. Sounds kind of Asian. Definitely better than Poodle. <laughs> Definitely better than Chihuahua, which I know is a country in Mexico. They are small. I don't know what else I would be. So I'm going to say Las. Uh, I don't know what it is. Lasa Opso? That is correct. No fucking way. Yes. No fucking way. Great job, way. Mark. Yes, the capital Tibet Lhasa. No And I thought you were going to go with Ipso, but you, you got it right. Exactly oh right. God. Lhasa Thank Opso. God. Holy shit. I was going to dig down that, too. I was like, Mark, you know we take phonetic pronunciation <laughs> as our, our end rule. Nailed oh. it. Three out of three. For both of us. Mm-hmm. So if you take last week's first round during the live episode and replace it with this, and then we take last week's second round, or I'm sorry, <laughs> we did well last or last week in the middle. <laughs> right, now we're right, doing right. well up front. It's fantastic. I'm feeling good. Yeah. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I hope we don't burn out the second round here. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see who the first one to get one wrong is. Yeah, <laughs> probably me. We're going to take a little break, refresh our brains. And then we will be back with our second round of trivia. We're back and it's time for some missed corrections. Missed corrections. We actually don't have any missed corrections this week. We had one note in the Discord from a listener who did not wait to hear Fletcher correct me on my claim that Dolphin was the project code name for the Nintendo 64. And in case you didn't finish the episode, you should know that that is actually the GameCube's. Mm-hmm. Uh, secret code name Project Reality N64 and thanks cool. Fletcher for uh, catching that if you'd like to write us with a missed correction a rate my question or even just a little no note you can write to us at no nonsense trivia at gmail.com call us at one nine two nine 
three five six six nine six six or find us on social media or our discord server also got the uh uh we made a separate channel for quizzle on our discord because we got a lot of quizzle players in our audience including yours truly and uh they were cluttering up our podcast feed a little bit so if you are a quizzle player and you want to discuss the uh the questions the daily questions of that web app you can uh, hop on our discord server there's a link in the show notes to that and please don't forget to take a moment and leave us a review it's been a while since we had a review we're on apple spotify Podchaser, and good pods and i'm sure there are other places that you can sing our praises as well it would be much appreciated indeed all right break this streak it's time i i don't know man this is a music question Okay. This is a musical. This is kind of inside your wheelhouse. Grammy winners. Mm, okay. And we're going with a recent Grammy winner here. Okay. What 2022 record of the year winning song? Now, Mark, I know you know that record of the year is a song, but I feel like this is confusing sometimes to people. They think that record means album. Right. So I'm including that here. What Thank 2022 record of the year winning song was recorded by Los Angeles's Shampoo Press and Curl, a songwriting group who had previous success with a CeeLo Green funk soul hit in 2010, among others. What 2022 record of the year winning song was recorded by Los Angeles's Shampoo Press and Curl? A songwriting group who had previous success with a CeeLo Green 2010 funk soul hit, among others. The same CeeLo Green that said, having sex with a woman who's passed out can't be raped because she can't say no. That That's same the CeeLo. one. That's the one. They He's, sit right in on that R. Kelly team. He's so damn friggin' talented. It, it sucks that he was such an idiot. I, I hate it. it. It irks me when, you know, I mean... I, I don't know that I could have. I mean, I guess I could have avoided it. That was my hint for this question, you know, but. Well, I yeah, think the song that you're talking me. about is. Fuck you. Um, the song for this year, I do not know. 2022. It was recorded by Los Angeles's Shampoo Press and Curl. Which is a songwriting group who had previous success with that CeeLo Green hit song from 2010. So I'm trying to think of something funky. I, 2022. Man. So the song came out in 2021, but the awards were this year. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of surprised I didn't hear about this. Like who won it, but I don't care about the Grammys at all. So at the same time, I'm not surprised trying to kind of like scour my brain of, uh, my Facebook feed thinking if anybody had, uh, mentioned what song won, um, I'm going to say, um, funk soul. I'm going to say leave the door open. That's correct. Are you fucking kidding? That's correct. Bruno Mars, a member of Shampoo Press and Curl, the songwriting group. Are you fucking you joking? Got it. And we did have a best worst answer there. So close. 
but the song is not titled don't close the door it's called leave the door open so close don't close them you can don't close the door that made me lol when i read that as I was oh scoring. yeah that's holy shit i cannot believe that was the fucking answer 25 percent of our team's getting that right mark so you should feel good about god that. damn shampoo pressing curl is a dumb fucking name in my opinion it sounds like one of those i mean it's not as bad as uh, metro station <laughs> as, you were, as you were explaining the the history of that but it, it sounds kind of like it's the uh like they were walking by a beauty store or something it was like oh yeah shampoo pressing girl that's our name now <laughs> they just like pulled it off of something that they saw Oh, I but they were they were part of uh, Bruno Mars and Shampoo Press and Curl. They're a trio, and uh, they had a former uh, team. The Smeezingtons was their original name. Jesus Christ! And somebody left the Smeezingtons, and they brought in a new third member, and that's when they became Shampoo Press and Curl. But I was looking at that song, and it said recorded at Shampoo Press and Curl Studios, and I'm like, where's that? Los Angeles. And then I couldn't find like an address or anything. And I was like, something interesting is going on here. Then I saw that Bruno Mars was a member of the songwriting group. And I was like, oh, they probably just recorded this like at their houses or something. I'm sure. I'm sure. All right, Lee, I'm trying to give you something that you can get, but you still have to search a little bit. So if we're going to try this it's time, one. you know, no, go, no, with your, go no, with your heart. no, don't you dare. Cause my next one is a, is a doozy. I will say, oh, fuck. So okay. you, you might want to, you might want to, well, Take it up a bit here. I'm going to give you one more that I think you can suss out. Okay. At approximately 200 million people each, what two languages are the most widely spoken in South America? Oh, okay. Can I hear it one more time? Absolutely. At approximately 200 million people each, what two languages are the most widely spoken in South America? Well, one, I have to go with Spanish for one of them, because I know many of the countries in South America, that is their predominant language, except for Brazil, which holds a very large amount of people in it. And their official language is not Spanish. It's Portuguese right next to Spain. So I'm going to go with Spanish and Portuguese is my answer. And you are 100% correct, my friend. Yeah! Woo! A lot of people put, some people put in French, some people put in a lot of people putting English, but Spanish and Portuguese are the correct answers. All right. Now I have three questions left. Okay. I feel like we're entering my harder territory now. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm wondering if I should switch them around to give you, I'm, I'm trying to figure out which one you're more likely to just, know. just go, just right, go. Here we buddy. go. You know, this what? is my planned question. I'm just going with what I have written down here in, in a world of we've gotten episodes, strings of episodes where neither of us have got anything right. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've taken a nice little vacation. We had a great <laughs> live episode yeah, a string of them correct. If it's back to the doldrums, then let's let's do it. Let's let's get into it. It's been great quizzing with you and getting these answers right this time, buddy. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for anything, Lee. Japanese food, our next category. Okay. What is the Japanese term for skewered seasoned chicken that is cooked over a charcoal fire? 
Japanese. Mm-hmm. Tiny ass B here in this question. <laughs> Small ass B. What is the Japanese term for skewered seasoned chicken that is cooked over a charcoal fire? Well, I know in Thailand they have something like that called chicken satay. I don't suppose it would be the same in Japan. God, chicken satay is so good. I might have to get it Thai food now. Um, I know I've had stuff like it. I just don't know what it's called. Not a big Japanese food guy. Um, I mean, much don't respect. Like sushi? No, don't like seafood. Oh, right. Forgot. And sushi is like made up of like 80%, 90% of the stuff that's in sushi, even aside from seafood, I don't like. I don't like avocado. I don't like cream cheese. Oh, no. I don't like seaweed. <laughs> yeah. It's like I like rice. Can I, I just like, get a rice roll? <laughs> I don't like wasabi. There used to be a place when I lived in Tallahassee. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like uh, Subway style sushi. Like you would start on the line oh, and wow. then you would go down and pick out what they put in it there. You could probably get a rice roll and they wouldn't look at you any differently. Just be like, that's it. <laughs> I don't know if you want to eat that, but you could. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm good. Just dab it in some soy sauce. Can um, I get it in a bowl too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I not get seaweed around it? Sushi rice though is very sweet. It's got a slightly different seasoned taste to it yeah but what is the name of this japanese term for skewered seasoned chicken that is cooked over a charcoal fire um i have no idea if i was to guess at something it would probably sound racist just trying to think of a japanese word so i'm just going to go with the the thai cousin of it i'm going to say satay no that is indeed the uh, thai version as far I'm trusting you on that. I have not looked at it. <laughs> oh, okay. It. But uh, yakitori. Oh, I've yakitori. heard of yakitori. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that what that is, was. Yep. It's a shish kebab, basically, which a lot of my teams wrote down as an answer, but that is not a Japanese term. Turkish, probably. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Yakitori. Damn. Okay. I learned something today. Here is your next question from me. In what country would you find the Southern Alps? Hmm. I'll give you a hint that it is indeed Southern. In what country would you find the Southern Alps? It's not just a clever name. So you're not talking about the southern section of the Alps. You're talking about no. an entirely different mountain range. Yes. That is, uh, I'm assuming, colloquially termed the Southern Alps. Maybe it is their official name. I mean, you've got North America and South America. But those are at least connected by landmass. Um. The Southern Alps. I'm wondering if it's in South America or Africa somewhere. I want to say Africa because it's closer to the actual Alps. Or it could be Australia or India. Can you tell me if this is an official name or a nickname? It's an official name. 
Oh my. Okay. Um, well, Africa does have some English names for things, points of geography, like uh, Lake Victoria. I believe the largest lake in, in Africa. Um, Australia would be another English-speaking name. I don't know if there's mountains in Australia. They've got mountains in Japan. Hmm. I don't think it's going to be in Northern Africa. South Africa, Zimbabwe. Well, the gloves are off now. I have no idea. I think... I'm going to go with an African country over Australia just based on the amount of land mass in Africa. More likely to have some mountains. And I think it's going to be on the eastern side of Africa. South of the Horn. Kenya. We just had a mountain question about Kenya from Kenya. If I remember correctly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll go with Kenya. Sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs> the correct answer is New Zealand. Oh, yeah. the NZ. New Zealand. Home to our Kiwi friends and the Southern Alps. Indeed, yes. Okay. Uh, Southern Alps is the name of the mountain range. Um, and, uh, it's extending along much of the length of New Zealand's South Island, reaching its greatest elevations near the range's Western side. New Zealand, very beautiful countryside and, uh, definitely some mountains. They filmed Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. in, uh, New Zealand. I would and love to go there and Australia. Yeah. So man, far. I'm telling you, if we can get a legitimate patreon going i here's the thing we just did our first live show after four years Mm -hmm. we've built up a listenership which we love but if we could grow that in Mm. another four years i would love to do a tour of live shows are you joking new guests in every city that we visit like we do the same exact thing or something similar to what we did for the last time but when we go to chicago we got chicago people when mm-hmm. we go to New York, we got New York people. Yep. And when we go to New Zealand, we got the Kiwis oh, on please, stage with us. Bring them to me. So please, listeners, tell your friends we're entering phase two. The MCU has phases. We are in phase two of the Indeed. no-no here after four years. And uh, we've set our base down, and now it's time to build it up. We, we got to be close. We got to be close to that 750,000 download. I think mark. we're close. We are very close to that. And I don't know if we're quite there. But, then we're um, pushing. Then we're we'd pushing love to be getting that on every episode. To be honest, I mean, yeah, please. <laughs> I tell, see other podcasts doing it. Tell two friends. All right, lighthouses. My next category for you. And no, Mark, this has nothing to do with a Fresnel lens. I'm sorry. Damn it! I won't. I won't give you a question that easy so soon. The lighthouse at Lenoma Beach is located in which Midwestern? U.S. state that has three lighthouses total, despite the state having no large bodies of water that would require the use of one. The lighthouse at Lenoma Beach 
is located in which Midwestern U.S. state that has three lighthouses, despite the state having no large bodies of water that would require the use of one? They just love lighthouses. No large bodies of water. Does that mean it's not on? I mean, the fact that there's a beach, I don't know how you're just, I don't know what you mean by large bodies of water. That would require the use of one. So, well, I don't know. This is a large body of water, but it's not large enough that you would need a lighthouse as a navigational aid. You know, lighthouse is built to be seen far on the horizon. That's why they're tall, mm-hmm. because as you go out, it starts to sink beyond the horizon line. So if you just have a lighthouse on the ground, ships that are, you know, a certain distance away are just not going to see that. So they build them up. So usually, mm. I mean, there are some lakes, as uh, Elise pointed out to me, actually, um, at the quiz that do use functional lighthouses because the lakes are so big. But this particular Midwest state doesn't really need it. These are display lighthouses. One is built to show people how lighthouses operate. And the lighthouse at Lenoma Beach, I believe, can be seen from Highway 6. So there's another little hint there for you if you're familiar with Highway 6. I'm not. It's a state highway, so I don't blame you. <laughs> You'd have to know the state, probably. Well, I, that makes me wonder if you know the state. And if you do, that could maybe be a little bit of a hint. Well, I know the state because I wrote the question. Well, okay. I was wondering if you knew <laughs> the state and the state. Midwestern state with a beach. You know, I know that there are some places called Beach in Illinois. The place where I work has a lot of locations in Illinois. What was the name of the beach? Redondo Beach? Linoma. L-I-N-O-M-A. I'm going to say Illinois. No. I'm sorry. It's Nebraska. Nebraska. Wow. Nebraska. Three lighthouses in Nebraska. I believe the lighthouse at Lenoma Beach might be a hundred feet tall. So Nebraska. again, just to just to show one is a display, one is actually functional, and I think the third might be a mini lighthouse. That's uh I don't know. But mini it's their third lighthouse. lighthouse. Only six percent of our team's getting that right, so don't feel too bad about that, Mark. Huh. I wonder uh I wonder how in the fuck they knew that. I guess they must. I'm guessing they're from Nebraska. Yeah, I was going to say it must be one of those things. The Nebraska contingent. If a dish is parmentier, it is cooked or served with what vegetable? If a dish is served parmentier, P-A-R-M-E-N-T-I-E-R, it is cooked or served with what vegetable? Wow. Parmentier. Hmm. Well, I'm thinking, I, I don't know based on the word. I, I was thinking like maybe par might be like with. Is that one word, parmentier, or is it two words? One word. I'm, I was thinking maybe par means like with, and mentier might indicate the vegetable, but I don't know what, uh, I don't know what mentier would be maybe mint but mint is an herb but technically herbs might be vegetables 
I don't know if that's what you're looking for, though. And the line quickly gets blurry with seasonings as you uh, increase the mass of the plant because Parmentier could be served with onions. You know, it could be a seasoning, but also a vegetable. Parmentier. Sounds French. Can you spell Parmentier, please? P-A-R-M-E-N-T-I-E-R. Mm, French. Silent R. I, I think I'm pronouncing that second word right. Palm is apple, and that's a fruit. Onions are just so common. Like, let me have that with onions on it. But also hated. <laughs> I love them. I, was, uh, I had a burger the other day with fresh onion on it. And I finished the burger, and then I ate all the little individual onion pieces that fell into the, the wrapper. It was I, I like an onion. I love, I love cooked onion, like sauteed mm-hmm. onion, caramelized onion all day long. I'll just eat it with a fucking yeah. spoon. These were uh, not immediately fresh. I feel like they had softened up a little bit inside the burger, so they were just right. A little crunch, a little sweet. Parmentier. I want to say Mint. Because of the phonetic hint there, but I I don't know that you would classify that as a vegetable. And also, I feel like it'd be weird to be like, yeah, let me get the uh, chicken yakitori, but parmentier, put a little <laughs> mint on there for me. Like, seems very um outside the norm. Maybe it's potatoes. I just made a Facebook post about you. Thank you. Maybe. <laughs> I hope it's positive. Um, you're not answering, so that makes me nervous. <laughs> I, I made a post in 2014 saying, I've never met a, a person that reeked of mustard before. Disgusting. And so I just said, this must be the first time I met Lee. <laughs> that's positive. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds negative, but that's positive, baby. Um. Maybe it's a, uh, there's a paring knife that's used to, uh, skin vegetables, I think among other things, probably. And I've, I've most commonly used those with, uh, potatoes. And that, that seems a little bit more reasonable, even than onion. I'm going to go with potato. That is correct. Yes. Potato is correct. Yes. Right on. Yeah, I figured it had to be something common. That's, I mean, you heard it, folks. That's how I got there. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Good job. Let's take a little break here, and then uh, we're going to come right back with our final round of questions. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're back. No rate my question this week. We're still uh, processing the questions from our live episode that we had left over, and we're going to integrate that with our rate my question queue. But of course, you should feel free to send one in if you so desire. No nonsense trivia at gmail.com, the email address, or you can give us a call. Please give us a call at 1 929 
three five six six nine six six. And there you can uh, write us with a rate my question or rate us with a write my question. Wonderful. Mark, I think you're kicking off our third round here. I am. Here's your last question. What children's classic first chapter is titled in the drain in the drain drain D R A I N. You're a man with a couple of children. Mm hmm. I don't know if you've been perusing the classics lately. No, but, I do a lot of uh, I should read to my kids more. A lot mm-hmm. of that thinking. <laughs> Good. Which we'll, we'll start up. I mean, our oldest there. is our oldest is totally self-motivated when it comes to reading. So that's not that's not a problem. But, you know, babies getting up there nine mm-hmm. months now. Jesus. It's about time to start reading. Growing like a damn weed. Mm hmm. I think that this might be a uh, a children's character that. Uh, is much beloved and sweetly natured, despite what uh, what children might think going into the book. I think it beloved. might be a spider named Charlotte from the book Charlotte's Web. Is That's that your answer. final answer? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs> oh, no. Is it it? It is not. Georgie in the drain? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Children's book. The old children's classic. Well, children it. are in it. That's true. The correct answer is Stuart Little. Stuart Little. Okay. A World War II question. Who was the subject? Who was the subject of the 1939 Look Magazine article? Why I Hate My Uncle. Written by an author who would go on to earn the Purple Heart while serving in the U.S. Navy during world war two who is the subject i'm not looking for the author i'm looking for the subject of the 1939 look magazine article why i hate my uncle written by an author who would go on to earn the purple heart while serving in the u.s navy during world war two so you're looking for the subject of this story, the author of the story, who is not the subject, won a Purple Heart. Yes. That's some weird information you're throwing out. Um, who is the uncle in question? Oh, okay. So the writer, the Purple Heart person, it's like autobiographical. Yes, why I hate my uncle. So someone who won a purple heart wrote about how he hates his uncle. And the article was published in 1939 in Look Magazine. I don't know what the fuck Look Magazine is. Tiny ass B. Um, why I hate my uncle. Adolf Hitler. Is that your final answer? Sure. Well, that would certainly be interesting, wouldn't it? The nephew of Adolf Hitler winning a Purple Heart in World War II. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Holy sh- <laughs> The article written by William P. Hitler. Oh, you know who what? Who would I later f- change his name to Stuart. 
Oh, Stuart Little. La- no, it's last name. <laughs> Stuart Stewart. <laughs> wow. You know, I think I kind of remember hearing this somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, 1939 definitely lends itself to uh, a pretty pretty anti-Hitler time in history. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. What was and, his, uh, what were his reasons? <laughs> I didn't read the article, but from what I gleamed reading about this, he they pretty grew up in London. And then when he became a young man, he went to Germany to work for his uncle Hitler. And I think I remember reading that he just felt like he was like snubbed, like the nepotism wasn't strong enough. So he moved to America and was like, fuck you. I'm I like that you to- call him uncle Hitler, not uncle Adolf. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like saying, yeah, uh, my uncle, my uncle Brett Schneider. It's like, we usually go by the first name. What if yeah. the reason that's were- how, that's how like iconic that name is. I think is that oh, my brain absolutely. just to to that. Absolutely. Cause if I'm- you're talking about Hitler, nobody's going to assume you're talking about William, his nephew. Right. Right. Imagine if all the reasons were just like, he never put his dishes away. Mm-hmm. He was really rude <laughs> to wait staff. Like does not mention at all. <laughs> the the whole holocaust thing he's just like oh you know why i hate him he uh would steal my slippers and not put him back next to my bed i don't mind this whole the, the holocaust thing is fine it's well he's he just go to work such for a him. jerk oh for the holic you know for that shit uh well it might have been a little bit before that i mean I, the article was written in 1939 so you have to assume by then he had built up some bitterness right and uh so it's probably the early 30s but uh yeah, I haven't read the article. Maybe I should. Maybe we should and uh, go see what his uh, his gripes were. Some Patreon content for you. I wonder if I can find Lee and it real I quick. talk about why I hate my uncle by Hitler's nephew. The copy of the magazine from July fourth, nineteen thirty nine. So almost the anniversary of this publication here. It will cost you nine hundred and fifty dollars because it has a six page photo illustrated feature by William P. Hitler, called Why I Hate My Uncle. Here are some excerpts, and this is uh, uh, cataloged by boingboing.net. These are a few excerpts from the article. Being very close to my father at the time, Uncle Hitler, says he, but we'll call him Uncle Hitler, autographed this picture for me. We had cakes and whipped cream, Hitler's favorite dessert. I was struck by his intensity, his feminine gestures. There was dandruff on his coat. When I visited Berlin in 1931, the family was in trouble. Geli Rabel, the daughter of Hitler, Hitler's and my father's sister, had committed suicide. Everyone knew that Hitler and she had long been intimate and that she had been expecting a child, a fact that enraged Hitler. His revolver was found by her body. Jesus. Huh, I never heard that before. I published some articles on my uncle when I returned to England and was forthwith summoned back to Berlin and taken with my father and aunt to Hitler's hotel. He was furious, pacing up and down, wild-eyed and tearful. He made me promise to retract my articles and threaten to kill himself if anything else were written on his private life. Jeez. He had that plan for a while. This huh. is Hitler's new Burstegaden home, which I first saw in 1936. I'm guessing this is referring to a photo. I drove there with friends and was shown into the garden. Hitler was entertaining some very beautiful women at tea. When he saw us, he strode up, slashing a whip as he walked around, taking the tops off the flowers. He took that occasion to warn me to never again mention that I was his nephew. Then he returned to his guests, still viciously cracking his whip. 
last uh, excerpt here. I shall never forget the last time he sent for me. He was in a brutal temper when I arrived. Walking back and forth, brandishing his horsehide whip, he shouted insults at my head as if he were delivering a political oration. So it sounds like it's just standard uh, Hitler personality stuff here. <laughs> yeah, these holy shit. Yeah, this is a personal uh, vendetta. A lot of red flags going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, aside from the the ob- you know leading up to the obvious, I guess. Well, at least William Hitler uh, came over to the states and uh, joined for the Allies. Yeah. I can say that, even if his uh, rationale might have been misplaced or short sighted. Jesus Christ! What a fucking monster! I mean, like you obviously know the level of monsterdom that he had you know, later on, but all this shit, Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Goddamn. One of the most notorious figures in history. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that wraps it up. We're ending on a high note here, not Hitler, but Mark getting a question, right? (laughs) Yes. Our last question. Oh yeah. I forgot. I've been so down about all the, all that information that I forgot that I got something right. This is technically leaving on a high note. Technically. I know we just talked about Hitler for a little bit, but (laughs) right. Technically. Uh, thanks, Mark, for another episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast. Don't you dare thank me. Thank oh, you. Oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. And thank you, of course, to our supporters on Patreon and all of our listeners for listening. Please join us every Monday morning for the rest of July. Don't forget, in August, we will be switching over to a Friday drop date. But for right now, Monday mornings for new episodes. By subscribing to No Nonsense Trivia Podcast on your favorite podcast platform, you can support the no-no in several ways, the easiest by sharing this episode on your social media accounts with your friends. You could also leave us a written review on your favorite podcast platform, and you could support the podcast on Patreon by visiting our website, thenono.com, clicking the support link at the top, which will take you to our Patreon page. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for helping us out with the show, including a big thanks to our quiz daddies, Brandon Long, Adam Volk at Esme, and Red Crest Fried Chicken, who I will be seeing this week. I'm very excited to come up to Philadelphia and spend a little time with him and uh, and hang out for a little bit, so that will be a lot of fun. Jelly! Uh, I know, it's going to be, again, he's going to make me fried chicken. And I can't damn wait. Uh, Tim at Pat's Garden Service. uh, Tommy and Gil. It's Gil. Our team captains, Matt, Moe, Rick G, Skyler, Kristen, Fletcher, Lydia, OG, Aaron, and David Holbrook, David Holbrook, David Holbrook. Thanks to our proverbial light keepers, Frank, Trent, Grant, Rob, Captain Nick Williams, Kate, Rachel, Moo, Tim Gomez, a.k.a. Mappy1984, Lucas, Carly, Sarah, Cooper, Hank, Luke, Manu, Matthew, Spencer, Lisa, Ryan, Adam, John Lewis, Nabil, Ricky F., Justin P., Justin Plymouth Roadrunner, meet me, and Justin M., Justin, oh, I said meet me. Justin McFly. <laughs> I was gonna say Justin Meep Meep would have been perfect, and, and Justin Meep Meep. And thanks to our <laughs> Rumple Snailskins, Alio, uh, <laughs> T- Tim, Binsky, Nathan, Issa, Sai, Kara, Megan, Christopher, Brandon, Ed, Dylan, Sarah, Fox and Five, Laurel, Aaron, H Bomb, Lauren, MJ, Stephen, Kenya, Dallas, at all of my favorite things from the screen. Allison, Paige, Kevin, Sarah, Alex. Mike C. Mike Chicken, Japanese style. Mike J. Mike, Japanese style chicken. And Mike K. 
Mike, crisscross will make you jump, jump, jump. jump. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question. Or rate us with a write my question. Or a missed correction, or even just a little no-no, no-nonsense trivia at gmail.com. That's the email address. You can give us a call, and we hope you do. 1-929-356-6966. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at No Nonsense Trivia. And on Twitter at No Non Trivia. And I would be remiss if I did not thank sincerely Dallas and Aaron Sullivan with helping me out with some choice Disney questions at my Disney oh, trivia. Yeah. It is very, very hard to write Disney trivia and know how hard difficult it is when you don't know anything about Disney really. Uh, they both sent me some wonderful fucking questions, uh, and uh, and I appreciate you guys very, very much for the uh, for the big hand there. If you'd like to hang out with us throughout the week, we have a Discord channel you can join. Just check the show notes for that. We also have a Facebook group. The link for that is also in the show notes, or you can just go on Facebook and search for the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast to join us there. And finally, finally, Lee, finally, it has happened to me right in front of my face. And I just can't deny it. Don't forget to leave us rating on your favorite podcast service. Five, Five stars, stars only. only. Please. Please. Finally. Until next time, no nonsense listeners. Have a great week.